Welcome to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. Conversations with business expert authors to learn about the author, their expertise, and to help you find your next read. And now, here's your host, best-selling author and CEO of Influence Network Media, Jody Brandsetter. Ron, welcome to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. I'm excited to learn more about your book, but before we dive into the book, tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Hi, Jody. Well, thanks for having me. It's great to be with you. So I am the managing partner and co-founder of a consulting firm called Navalent. We're a 17-year-old boutique firm. We've been around for a while. And we spend our days traipsing alongside leaders in, of, of companies who are CEOs or C-suite executives trying to tackle some messy, big transformational change. Um, and our job is to help them construct the map to get there, to help them and then accompany them on that journey to make sure they don't hurt themselves and make sure they don't hurt anybody else and actually arrive at the place they want to get to. Wow. So tell me, you know, why did you, why did you start that path or, or why did you decide to, you know, help leaders in this way? You know, I think there's something that's always fascinated me about um, human endeavor at scale, that, that you can bring humans together into an organization uh, that they can accomplish things together that they couldn't accomplish on their own. Um, they can have much wider impact. They can reach much bigger audiences or much bigger consumer sets. They can have much more fun. I know, I know that many people who work in companies would say, that's not my experience at big companies. And part of my desire to work in this area and part of why I wrote this book was to help leaders create more of an experience of joy and meaning for their employees. So I was looking on your Amazon author page and you have more than one book out there. So tell me you know, what driving force to become an author and then tell us a little bit about why this book. So yeah, I've written nine books. Um, a little bit of a glutton for punishment, I guess. Um, writing is a way for me to learn. It's a way for me to, when my clients have problems they can't solve or questions I can't answer, for me, scratching the itch means having to go learn uh, on their behalf. And so writing it down, the process of writing is how I sort of metabolize what it is I'm learning and crystallize answers to hard questions that I don't feel have been answered in a way that satisfies them out there. So I feel like I'll, I'll take my shot at answering it. And that's why I write. Um, this book wasn't intended, didn't, wasn't conceived to be a book. Um, we have this massive research database that we use some really cool artificial intelligence technology to actually mine it. Um, and at 10 years, we did our last book, Rising to Power. That database was then, at, I think, 2,700 leaders. This time it was 15 years and 3,200 leaders yeah, that we, whose interviews we studied and mined for insights. So this time around, we didn't go, we didn't go into with a hypothesis. We said, okay, well, if the technology is so smart, tell us what we should be asking you. And it came back with some really interesting drill sites around the topic of honesty, around truth-telling and fairness and justice. And we thought, gosh, if we could predict the conditions in which people would tell the truth and behave fairly and serve a greater good, and which conditions would cause them to lie, cheat, and be self-interested, wouldn't that be fabulous? Uh, and so that's what we drilled, and that's what we learned. And we indeed did uh, come back with very reliable models that tell us, here are the conditions that will bring out the best in people or the best in yourself, and here are the conditions that won't. I love the title, to be honest. I feel like I say that a lot. Tell me a little bit more about the, the modeling. What, what did you find or what were some of the aha moments from you know, using this AI tool to kind of come and, and bring out the information that helps people either be honest or be dishonest? So it turns out the first thing that we learned was honesty is not a character trait. 
It's not um, sort of a, a, a set of moral principles. It's actually a muscle. It's actually a capability that if you want to be good at it, you actually have to work at it every day. Uh, secondly, um, honesty, truth-telling is closely tied to justice and purpose. It's closely tied to our sense of fairness and rightness in the world and our sense of meaning in the world. And so today, given that we're living in a very painful trust recession, where trust is much easier, harder to come by than ever, it takes a lot, a lot more to earn and keep the trust of others. So Truth, justice, and purpose mean you have to say the right thing, do the right thing, and say and do the right thing for the right reason. So the way you role model your values, the way you be who you say you are, you know, how much of a gap is there in your say-do? Uh, and if there's your say-do ratio is not one-to-one, people will withdraw trust. How do you make decisions? Are they transparent? Are they honest? Do you spin information or do you share information? Do you manip- manipulate people to get your way or do you invite an open dissent? How do you hold people accountable? Or how do you hold yourself accountable? Do you do with dignity? Do you do, is, is everybody's chance to succeed is the same as anybody else's? Or do some people get more privileges than others? Um, do people feel like their work is honored and dignified? Do they look at their performance appraisal the same way they look at root canal? And lastly, how do people across your organization work together? Are there border wars? Are there seams of the organization uh, rivalries, you know, sales, marketing, supply chain operations, or are they cohesive? Are there ways for people to cooperate and resolve conflict and work toward a greater good together? Each of those has a predictive factor. Those are conditions that are hiding in plain sight that we often write off as organizational nuisances. But the fact of the matter is they insert great risk. If you do all four of those things well, you are 16 times more likely to have people tell the truth and behave fairly and serve a greater good. But if you suck at all four of those things, you are now 16 times more likely to have to put yourself into a headline of a newspaper story you never wanted to be in. Wow, that's really fascinating that you were able to get that all from a database with AI and and be able to to see those correlations. A question that came up when you were talking was, you know, my background's been in HR. And a lot of times we kind of have to hold some things pretty tight and not be able to communicate it. And I know that's something that leaders have to do as well. What are some ways that um, leaders can still show honesty and be able to have some of these pieces when they can't actually give you all the information. You know, I think we often confuse confidentiality with secrecy. They're not the same thing. And there are ways to answer unanswerable questions. Almost always when someone asks you a question, are there going to be layoffs? Are we doing the merger? Whatever the question about policy that's changing, there's a deeper question underneath it. There's a question of anxiety. There's a question of self-preservation. There's a question of a fear of some kind. And a leader's job is to actually read between the lines and actually answer the question that's not being asked. Just because you have, because, because, and the worst thing you can do is try and answer a question that's not answerable. Because when you make things up or, you know, I want to reassure you, no one's going to lose their jobs. Dumbest thing you could say, Right. And I'm sure HR people fibrillate when they hear people say that. But the reality is your job as a leader is to be a sense maker. They don't, people don't need you to be the answer ATM. You need to, you need to teach them how to, how to sort of answer their questions by finding reasons to hope. What they're looking for is hope. They're looking for reasons to care. And your job is to meet that need. Sometimes that need is expressed in the form of a bizarre, strange, unanswerable question. And when, if you get defensive or feel pinned against the wall or feel some need to go into a spin mode, here, you're just going to drain your credibility even further. So honesty doesn't mean an answer. Honesty means an authentic response and a helpful response to the question that someone didn't ask. 
So really kind of maybe using your some of your intuitiveness, being able to read between the lines and then be able to address the maybe the uncertainty or what you were talking about, some of those concerns um, without actually answering the question they asked. And, and if there's information that you have that you can't share, you can say that. You can say there's information that's unavailable right now. Let me tell you why I can't share it. And what, why sharing it prematurely or sharing it in an untimely way will actually do more harm than good. And that's information. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think that's where I think a lot of people are like, well, we didn't answer their question. So I should spin it or I should BS it or I should make up an answer when actually a lot of times just saying I can't answer that right now because of X, Y and Z. That's enough. Like they at least understand why. Worst thing you can do is play victim to your I love to tell you, but they won't let me is, you know, (laughs) the worst thing you can do is to play play victim and try to collude with people as if you're, you know, on their side somehow and sort of play and show some really terrible form of empathy by showing them how dissatisfied you are. It just, the, the, you just make things so much worse when you do that. Yeah. One, one thing that, you know, within like the HR world that I've noticed specifically when you're hiring people, um, a lot of times the uncertainty of, you know, knowing am I moving forward to the next step? Are they still considering me? You know, we leave that empty. We don't tell them anything when actually all they want is, I don't know yet. I have not gotten feedback yet. You're still in the running because no one's told me differently. And that can be such a huge impact. And that can actually have a candidate last longer in the process. So they'd be willing to stay, stick it out for a couple more weeks just because you're communicating nothing because that's what you have at the time. And, and the worst thing that HR people do, Jackie, quite frankly, is they ghost candidates. And even when you're not moving forward, they deserve feedback on why. And HR and, and just external recruiters as well are the most horrible communicators that way. And they, and they really hurt people. And in this war for talent, when people are hemorrhaging their talent and people are picking them off left and right, the worst thing the recruiter or the person on the front lines can do is make that relationship painful. But they do it every day. Yeah. And again, I think it's also what you were talking about at the beginning was, you know, as a recruiter, sometimes I don't know why a hiring manager says no. I just know it's no. And instead of trying to BS my way through it, or I can literally say the hiring manager said no, I did not get an answer. I can look for an answer for you, but at this time, I don't have any. And I think the, 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 the bigger systemic issue ought to be the, that the company's policy is to make sure they get feedback. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the manager, the hiring manager needs to know you have to provide some sense of feedback and it can't be they weren't a good fit, you know, so that the person can be helped then they can do better in their next interview job. That should just be the policy. And the recruiter should be able to say, you owe me feedback. I want it by five o'clock today. I'm speaking with the candidate tomorrow morning and I need the feedback. <laughs> and, and muscle it through that. That should just be the, that's the honest thing to do. One way that a recruiter can do that is to not extend an offer until you have all feedback. Yep. That forces a hiring manager to give you feedback. And then yep. the other piece is, is sometimes I don't think hiring managers know how to communicate their feedback. They, they can, that's why they say it wasn't a good fit. And that's where a recruiter has to probe, ask more questions, clarify what was not a good fit. And it could be that their communication skills were lacking. It could be technology, but they just don't know how to communicate right. it. So instead of giving them that pass and saying, oh, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to probe you. And then I'm not going to tell the candidate anything. It just makes both sides are not having a good experience. Right. Absolutely. 
I love that withholding the offer thing. That's a good one. Yeah, we used to do that all the time. <laughs> and we would make them physically come to our office and tell us feedback if they wouldn't. <laughs> Just because we would go hound them. We would go yeah. find them. And that is something else HR needs to be able to do is get up and go out there and find them and, and make things happen. Well, and the, here's the reality. The reality is if they're not willing to give feedback in that part of the process, they're already telling you what kind of a bad manager they're going to be, right? By virtue of the fact that that's the case, the person shouldn't want to work for them. You know, I I heard something before and I really liked it because as a recruiter, I'm the middleman, right? I'm in between these two people. And someone said, why doesn't the hiring manager just tell the candidate? And I'm like, oh, yeah, why don't they? You know, it's their decision, you know? So that's even something to think about is, does the HR or recruiter have to provide that feedback? Or can we feel very confident and trust that our hiring managers are going to be honest and provide that feedback in a way that's going to help that candidate move forward in their career search or even get more experience, come back and get a job later. All right, sorry. I always spin it to HR. I need to stop doing that, Ron. So tell me a little bit more about this database. I was looking at the summary of the book. It looks like you have some really amazing people that you were able to kind of get information from and be able to use. So were there any interesting kind of stories or interesting people that you got information from that you were able to put into the book? My gosh, Jody, this is a treasure trove of heroes. I didn't want to write the book about villains. I didn't want to write about Theranos anymore. We don't need to hear about Wells Fargo or Volkswagen. I mean, we're done. And we keep piling up those stories every day in the headlines. But the reality is that there are more heroes than there are villains. And I wanted to hear their stories. I wanted to go out and find the leaders, not just business leaders, but world leaders who are modeling the things we found. Uh, And so I went out and talked to Kathleen Hogan, the CHRO at Microsoft, Hubert Jolie from Best Buy. Ed Telney from Cabot Creamery, Amy Edmondson from Harvard, uh, Jonathan Haidt, who also wrote The Forward from NYU, and just dozens of brilliant minds and leaders who are living out these principles every day in their life with incredibly rich and exciting and stories that readers could say, wow, I want to emulate that. Wow, that's somebody I'd love to work for. I'd love people to say that about me. Uh, so I wanted this to be an inspiring book of heroes we'd all be proud to know and want to be like. Were there any common themes around them that you saw after interviewing all of them? You know, so I, I would tell your listeners, you can judge that for yourself. We, I, the interviews were so good. There was, I knew there was no way I could use all of it in the book. So we made a TV series. So if they, on our website, uh, tobehonest.net, there's a, a, a TV series with 15 episodes called Moments of Truth. And you can see the behind the scenes interviews of all the folks that I talked to, video and recorded, and you can hear right from their mouths their own stories and their own insights and their own wisdom about uh, the various aspects we, we learned and to be honest. Um, so I, I would say what you will find is an incredible, inspiring set of good-hearted people who care deeply, who have strong convictions, um, who have thought about this stuff a lot and practice it every day. That's a great way to bring the reader even cl- more into the conversation with being able to use those videos and be able to see kind of the behind the scenes of yeah. the information that you got from for the book. So that's a that's a wonderful idea. So we'll make sure we put that on the um, episode notes so people can get to that because that sounds really amazing. This has been, I've I've left talking to you. I love this concept about the honesty and everything that we've been able to talk about. So before we go, we'd love to find out how can our audience um, connect with you? So what's the best way to connect with you and where can they buy your book? 
Well, so you can start at coming to, if you want to know more about the book and the research, we have a webinar series, um, lots of articles in the book and the TV series at tobehonest.net. Um, visit our website at navalent, N-A-V-A-L-E-N-T.com. We've got a treasure trove of videos and eBooks you can download for free and white papers on, and a, a huge um, supply of blog posts on leadership and teams and organizations and all the things you want to develop yourself. Follow me on LinkedIn, please, and or follow me on Twitter or both and stay in touch. Fantastic. I'll make sure I put all that in the podcast notes. Thank you so much, Ron, for being a part of the Book Smarts Business Podcast. Thanks, Jody. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show and share this episode with a friend. In the meantime, join our business author community where you can connect with other business authors and learn about becoming an author at authors.influencenetworkmedia.com. Until next time.